This week on Erotic Awakening, erotica as a form of communication, musical vibrators, and polyprofile failures. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Patron supporters receive a free version of the audiobook Polyamory Toolkit, as well as ad-free early access to the podcast, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and other content. Check out all the options at eroticawakening.com. And thank you to all our supporters. Each and every one of you. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. How are you this fine day here in Virginia? I was going to say, where the hell are we? <laughs> we have to lift up a shade. So we've been doing a, a cross-country jaunt and staying a few days here and a few days there. And we are, you're right, currently in Virginia on our way to Maryland for Beltane. Uh, I will do you the favor of telling the funny story about me so that you don't have to I got a couple of funny stories. <laughs> This particular one is, Dawn, because we have been living the RV lifestyle and we've been quite in the rush to our first of 12 events that we'll be presenting at this year, we kind of lost track of exactly where we were. <laughs> so I went to ask the home robot the weather. and Because you were going to go take a walk. Right. And I could not figure out exactly what's, even what state we were in. So I just told it to cancel. And you can tell the rest of the story. Oh, but it was so funny because you, you do. Every morning you ask it for the weather and you've usually got it set up so that it knows where we are, like mm -hmm. you said. And you say the A word, which I'm not going to say because then she'll start doing things. But you asked her, you know, what's the temperature? And then you're like, whoa, wait, wait, cancel, cancel. Because you knew she couldn't answer. And then you're like, fuck it. And you go over to the door and you open it up and you just kind of wave your arm outside. Yeah. <laughs> go back to the bedroom and put a jacket on. <laughs> So I can't tell the one about the llamas? We don't need to know about llamas. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we don't have time for that. Today on the podcast, we are fortunate to be joined by Tammy Jo Eckert, who we were just reminiscing about. Tammy, we met first at the Great Lakes Leather Alliance. How many years ago do you think that was? Oh, that I would say that's at least 15 years ago now. Easily. Yeah, I, I yeah, think you that, are quite that right. That would be my guess. And thank you for being on the podcast. You are teaching, it's actually, if I understand it correctly, like a two-day workshop called erotica as a form of communication and Ooh. i just thought that was super interesting and i was wondering if you could distill two days of teaching into a 10-minute interview <laughs> well that might be asking a little bit much but start off by what what is erotica as a form of communication so erotica as a form of communications is either one very long day workshop i've taught it where it like started at like 10 a.m and ran to like nine at night or it's a two-day workshop where it's like three hours and then three hours the next day, but that requires people to do a lot of homework. It started because I was hearing from people that they wanted a way to communicate with their partners about some activity, oftentimes related to BDSM, but they were kind of embarrassed and a little worried if they brought it up that they would you know, hear that no or be told you're sick. And they're wondering like, hey, can I use pornography to introduce them? And I said, well, how about you use erotica? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, this way you're sharing a story that isn't focused just on the activity, but is focused on the relationship. And this will increase the likelihood that your partner will wanna try out these things. And so the workshop gets into like all the questions you have to ask which may seem really basic, but it's amazing the number of people who don't think about them because here's the number one question they have to think about. What are you trying to communicate? Mm. 
because it's a lot of times it's like something like, oh, I just don't want to try something kinky. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> so be more specific. What what in particular do you want to try? You know, start in small pieces. And then the second question a lot of people don't think about is write for your audience or pick a story that's for your audience. A lot of people, a lot of times people will write what they like or pick a story they like. But if you don't gear the style of the story and the language that's used to what the other person likes, there might be an automatic sort of resistance or a turnoff to it. And so the workshop is all geared around taking people through these steps, things to consider. And then in it, they start writing. Now, I would have to think that getting past this first hurdle of how do I create the confidence to tell my partner, even via erotica, hey, I'd like you to spank me or, hey, I'd like to do this or that. How do you get them past that initial, but I'm afraid of the rejection. I'm afraid that they're going to think I'm a pervert. Yeah. So the reason that using erotica can help with that is that it creates an extra layer between you and the other person. So you could say something like, hey, I've written this story. Would you tell me what you think? Or I've found this story and I like it. What do you think? So you're kind of easing the way before you're even asking. I'm personally not a big fan of this. I'm a much more, well, you guys met me. I'm a much more direct person. <laughs> you know, I once walked up to a guy on the street in New York City and said, nice collar. What does it stand for? You know, mm -hmm. perfect stranger. I just did it because I'm me. But a lot of people find it very difficult still in 2023 to really express what they consider to be darker interests and darker desires or at least desires that they've been told somewhere at some point in their life that they shouldn't have, or that isn't quite right. I mean, it's it's really hard to grapple. So I, I think really someone wouldn't come to this workshop unless they were kind of at that stage. Like, I really do want to tell my partner. I really, really do. I've gotten to that point where I feel like if I don't, it, we're not going to last or I'm going to be sad or something. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely makes yeah. a lot of sense so basically like you said by the time they've come to your workshop they just want to know how to do it yeah so and, and a tool to, to be able to do that and and dan I'm, I'm we probably could have used a class like this at the beginning because honestly this is what we did at the beginning to see mm -hmm. if we were even compatible before we got into a relationship mm -hmm. we started writing erotica back and forth you know that kind of hey, I'm thinking about this thing. Does it turn you on? And if so, you write the next thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's both a fun way to do it, but it feels safer to us to do it too. Because especially like if you're not yet at the point in a relationship where you're, let's say, living together, mm -hmm. you also have that extra distance. It's a thing like you could send in an email. Mm -hmm. or, oh, yeah. You know, okay. and, and so, you know, or back in the days, I know this is hard for people to imagine, but there was a time when there wasn't the, the internet. You could like, you know, mail letters to someone and send them this sort of information. I mean, if you look at the history of letter writing, it, it's pretty common throughout history that people would write very erotic letters. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they weren't straightforward. It was like telling a little story. And I was like, you know, this is a thing that we've been doing for a long time. I wonder if I can teach people how to do it certainly you must get some people that come to, to you and say look i love this idea but i'm just not a writer you know that's a skill that i just don't have 
do you yeah. do you encounter that yeah and so part of so like there's the whole setup like what is the workshop about the basic ideas that you have to grapple with first establishing your goals how you're going to approach that goal knowing your target and then we look at using other people's erotica so you can use somebody else's stories like Laura Antonu, let's say you've read a short story or part of, you know, the Marketplace series. Okay. And you like it and you want to share it. And I'm using Lori because she's very well known in the kink community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we talk about that because the questions are really the same when you're picking this piece of literature is really the same. And also you're doing this to communicate. You're not writing the next great novel. You know, you're not writing something that's going to get printed in in Playboy, you know, or going to get turned into, you know, a penthouse movie or something like that. That's that's not going to happen here. And so when we actually do the writing part, I do spend a lot of time like meeting one on one with people and then we work in small groups and then we share it. So you have to be a gutsy person to take this this Mm -hmm. workshop because I'm going to make you do work. But then if you've right. taken any of my other workshops, you know, oh, no, she makes you do work. So <laughs> <laughs> do, do you ever end up with people that are getting too, I'm going to say they're too Stephen King or too Tom Clancy. And what I mean by that is where you want to convey that, hey, I'd really love to see you do a strip tease. And instead, they spend four pages is describing the color of the wallpaper. Usually not. Usually I have the opposite problem is that people want to get to the, the slam bam. Thank you, ma'am. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, you're communicating. You want to show that, yes, this activity is going to be fun, but you want to do it with this person. You want to have this connection. So you, I usually spend a lot of times, you know, work on your characterization, make your characters. No, your character doesn't have to look just like you. No, the character doesn't have to look just like the person you know, you're trying to communicate with, put a little, put that distance there, make it so that not only will you be less heard if there's, if you're rejected, and that's always a possibility, but also the person reading it doesn't feel pressure because there is a thin line here between communicating and sexual harassment, right? There's a really thin line here. You could give it to someone, especially, you know, I've had a couple people take the class. They're like, well, there's this person I work with. And I'll be like, hmm, are you sure you want to do this maybe do it with someone you've gone out on a few dates with first you know someone you've gotten to know because that line can be very thin so have you ever had an issue like with one of your students I'm gonna say (laughs) where they've or have you heard the story where they've given it to their partner and their partner like kind of grammatically corrects it (laughs) yeah yeah usually I I don't have a lot of contact with these people who take the workshop again because it's like when I taught at GLLA you know Mm -hmm. I might or might not see those people there again Mm -hmm. Um, I taught it at Kinky College you know I only went to Kinky College the one time I was invited I actually taught it at a mainstream convention called Marcon Mm -hmm. it no longer exists but uh, that was actually I did run into those people at other sci-fi fantasy conventions. And what was interesting is that one of the people did end up getting a partner. Mm-hmm. And not only that, went on and started writing stuff to share online because oh, nice. it built his confidence that, that he could do this. Nice. Um, yeah. So I think it, you know, 
it, it takes some confidence to do it and it takes practice. That's why I always tell people, you know, you're not going to write the story in a half an hour. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to take a while. You might write the story in a half an hour for us to look at here in this workshop or mm-hmm. overnight before we meet the next day, if it's a two-day workshop. But um, if you're actually writing this and you want to communicate with someone, you need to take the time to go over it and look at it and reread it. Nice, nice. Because I could see Dan handing me something right now or someone else, maybe someone is crushing on me or something and they hand me the story and they're like, I need you to read this for me. And I'm grammatically correcting it or, or you know, <laughs> putting in punctuation or something, thinking they need an editor. Because right. <laughs> I've done that before when someone handed me their book and I'm giving them grammatical stuff and they're like, no, no, read the content. Don't make <laughs> corrections. Yeah. Well, you do have to communicate a little bit before you hand, hand right. it to them. Right. Like, you know, I'm interested in something and I, I worked it out. And, and that's another thing. This communication isn't just from you to another person. It's also yourself because the process of writing, mm. you have to think about it. You have to figure out what it is you're really interested in how to describe that, how to describe, you know, what you want the results of that encounter to be. How it makes you feel. Yes. And, and so so doing that is also growth with yourself. And I think, you know, we say this all the time in BDSM, everybody has limits, right? Mm -hmm. But in order to know your limits, you have to know yourself. That's true. And, you know, so this can be also a good way if you have no one else to communicate with, Writing an erotic story to explore things that you think you're interested in is a great way to take that step before you actually jump aboard right. and get to the activity. And, and that does lead me into this one last question, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Is it true? And I just asked, we just had Nobilis Reed on not long ago, and I asked him this same question. And I'm curious about your view. Do you tell your students that good writing, good erotic writing, you'll know that it's good because it turns you on or is that even necessary? So good erotic writing. So here's the difference between pornography and erotica, in my opinion. Okay. Pornography always turns you on. Story, characters, whatever. It's it's about the act, right? It, it's a very body level reaction. Mm-hmm. Good erotica is more of a slow burn. So you may discover while you're reading it, you're so invested in the stories and characters, but at the end you go, wait a minute, I got, I'm a little hard here. I'm a little moist here. What's what, I guess I like this, but you're so engaged with the story that you may not immediately appreciate what your, how your body is reacting to it. And it's also a thing where you can think about it later or put yourself into the character's shoes mm-hmm. and, and get turned on again. Mm. very cool yeah i like that tammy i've I've actually got another question but i got a crappy question i want to do the official end of the interview first before i ask you the crappy question okay not only do you present this class you have a wide range of classes as well as books and other things where can people find tammy joe eckert well they can find me at the tammy joe that's my website or tammy joe eckhart is my website And if you go to Patreon, let me put this in here for you. So if you're on Patreon and you do adult material, um, Mm -hmm. it's really hard for people to find you because they can't like search for you. So it's basically the patron address slash Tammy Jo Eckhart. I find it really easy to be the same person all the time. (laughs) 
Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. <laughs> Very cool. Tammy Joe, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Stick around while we talk about some other stuff. But actually, I am going to go right back to you and ask you the crappy question of the day, Okay. which we just decided this was a crappy. Dom made this question up just recently. I'm looking over here at Amazon. You've got 13, 14 different titles out here, books you've written. What's the favorite book that you've, what's your favorite book that you've written? It's actually my book that should be coming out this year. Awesome. So it's the first of a multi-book series. But before that, my favorite book was actually Day and Tonight. Um, it's a very different type of book for me. Uh, mm -hmm. It's Vampires. It is, has very intense erotic passes, passages in it, but it also has very intense horror passages in it. So it's a nice marriage between horror and erotic fiction. And it's told in a, in a new style. So it is a novel, but it's called a fix-up. So it's a novel told through interconnected short stories. Okay. Very cool. I may have to try that. I like that. That is your, anyway. yeah, that is definitely in your <laughs> that, That's my, yeah. Tammy Joe, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Tammy Joe Eckert is celebrating nearly three decades of publishing. Nice. And via the links that you'll find in our show notes, you can find out more about Tammy Joe, her website, her Patreon, and more. Hang around with us uncomfortably for a minute as we wrap this thing up. Dawn, you are not going to be lost much longer <laughs> we mentioned at the beginning of the show that we don't know exactly where we are but in just a few days we will be at the beltane in darlington maryland so that is true though it's it's i do kind of know where i am because i can smell the chesapeake bay and i am a chesapeake bay person you are so near maryland I, I was raised around it i was i can i can hunt it out you can blindfold me and i can find it so but indeed so we are getting ready to teach at beltane one of the ways that i'll avoid being lost is by checking the newsletter which will tell me that we have upcoming events in maryland texas toronto pennsylvania detroit kansas city chicago tulsa and minnesota keep up with all our events book news and discount and more via the erotic awakening newsletter and get your ea shout out like auto in Michigan, Ken in Michigan, and April in Illinois. Head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. And I want to tell you, I just put out that newsletter today mm -hmm. and there's a contest on it to win a free deck of Kickstarter cards. So if you're on our Instagram or on our newsletter, I have put out directions on how to get into this drawing for that deck of cards. Fantastic. Why pay 20 bucks when you can get it for free? Exactly. So Don, earlier today, you were telling me that there's some, you came across an article about things not to have on your dating profile. It is actually, you know what? I don't belong to a lot of polyamorous Facebook groups anymore mm -hmm. because there's a lot of true wayers. Mm -hmm. Very true. <laughs> so I, I don't, but for some reason it happened to pop up today. I went over to that Facebook account and, you know, it popped up and somebody was asking the question of, you know, in dating profiles, what should not? be in your pictures on dating profiles. So of course I had to pop on there and say, all oh, these are great. And we have more on our book, The Polyamory Dating Guide. Very, with uh, a link. very so, salesy of you. you know, yes. Well, you know, it's, it's what I do sometimes, but they had some really good stuff. So some people were saying, don't put pictures of your kids out there on your dating profile, that that's just kind of, kind of creepy. And, and uh, you your know, kids I, probably didn't consent to it. I've heard that one more than once. 
jobs. I, it's odd that they said don't put your group of friends, but I guess it's because they don't want you to have to guess which one you are. Exactly. So they don't want to guess which one you are. And again, your friends probably didn't consent to having their picture on your dating profile. So- I'm, I'm amazed that no toilets was on the list because who would think? Because the people take selfies in front of bathroom mirrors oh. and there's toilets in the background. So, Fine. you know, someone said no toilets. Someone else said no dead animals. No, you know, you know, the fisherman who loves to show his big prize fish. Yeah, but sure. for some people, they just don't want to see dead animals. Right. So on the thing, I, and I then, totally read that to mean like what? No sacrificed chickens <laughs> or whatever. Probably a good idea as well. So and then the other big one was no cluttered rooms that a lot of people will take selfies in their mirror and you can see the mess that's in the background and it turns a lot of people off. But then other people were speaking up saying, no, no, don't limit the pictures. Let people put po- don't tell people not to post these things because you want the red flags to be very obvious right so maybe this person is into hunting and and wants to do dead animals right and you are not into that boom they just right right weeded themselves out of the the thing so and I know for me one of mine is is that I don't like like puppies in the picture puppies really and that has nothing to do with consent right (laughs) it has everything to do with yeah, I know I'm creepy, but look at the cute puppy. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, though, I will say, and I think I mentioned this in our book, The Polyamory Dating Guide, I did mention that right after I wrote that chapter, Mm -hmm. I did reach out to a guy that had a picture of him pushing a wheelbarrow full of puppies. Because to me, that was different. That's conversational. Uh, right. That's conversational. And I had to reach out to him and go, what is it with the wheelbarrow full of puppies? And he's like, well, my dog had 14 puppies and to take them out into the yard so that they could learn to go potty in the grass, <laughs> I had to take them by wheelbarrow. So that's not they bad. Were, they were that big. But uh, yeah. Tammy Joe Eckert, do you have anything that you see in a dating profile and it makes you go, nope, not for me? Okay, I am 100% with Jay Wiseman, no dick pics. You know, (laughs) once I get to know you, I want you to take it out and show it to me. But until I get to know you, I really don't care. (laughs) Not a conversation starter for you. Yeah. And when it's the first thing they show you, it's like, really, is that your main purpose? Okay, it probably is. And tells us who you are. Tells us who you are. (laughs) Or is is their only picture. Yeah, that is their only picture. That is our question of the day for people. What do you want to see and what do you not want to see on people's dating profiles? profiles? Don, beyond that, I have to tell you a quick story. Back about four years ago, I went to a technology conference for work. Okay. And they are always trying to impress you with the latest and greatest things. And you get these little swag bags when you come in. I like swag bags. I do as well. I used to anyway. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we got in our swag bags (laughs) was a... I was trying to figure out why you said you used to. Oh, it's because we're in the RV. Yeah, yeah we can't accept them anymore. Yeah, please, no more we junk. Have no room. <laughs> One of the things in my swag bag was a Bluetooth water bottle. Oh, I remember that. And at first I thought, oh, a Bluetooth water bottle. Well, that's, and that's about as far as I got before <laughs> saying that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because no, no, it's also, it's got a little speaker built into it. I don't need Bluetooth in my water bottle, but... And in case you're wondering, oh, podcast <laughs> listeners, no, I no longer have it. You can't have it. But this one, 
I don't know if it's better or worse. Someone recently posted that their top got them a vibrator that can play music through it. A musical vibrator. A musical okay. vibrator. That's they were, different. That's different. But actually, the, the question they had was, does anyone have a good heavy bass playlist? Ooh, so if you have a good heavy bass playlist, I'd be curious too. But when we want bass, when we play, we just tell our A device to play house music or dubstep yes. or something like that. We used to listen to something called drum sex. And that was really that was a good thumpy well. in there. So, ooh, that's making me tingle. But as much <laughs> as I enjoy the music of, for example, oh, I don't know, the Beatles, I don't need mm -hmm. the Beatles coming out of your Yoni. No, out of my Yoni. <laughs> We're getting ready to go to a sacred sex event. Yoni it is. <laughs> yes. And there you go. That's the show for today. Indeed, indeed. So no tentacles, no food on boobs, but that's okay. Can't have those every week. So, and then Instagram, I am back to getting some more stuff out on Instagram. I've got a lot of memes, I guess, that tell where we're going and what we're doing and what our Zooms are and the submissive round table and all that type of stuff. We post all of that on our social media. If you ever wanted to know what kinky motherfuckers are up to, but don't want to see it, join our Instagram where we post completely <laughs> vanilla camping pictures. Except Beltane has a photo policy that I might be allowed to do some naughty pictures. We might have some with little stickers over nipples. <laughs> Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on our podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us on FetLife as Dan and Dawn. We are Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Or use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and Discord. Or just email us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Bye, Bye Tammy Joe. Bye-bye.